Ladies and gentlemen of the press, please welcome the president of EFIA, Max Mosley, who will now confirm the punishment handed out to McLaren. Thank you. I can now confirm that McLaren will be punished with a suspender's sentence. Lucky blighters. Oh, sorry, I've misread that. Welcome to what is the second of the two lost episodes of Gareth Jones on Speed. If you've been visiting the Gareth Jones on Speed Facebook site, you'll know that over the last two weeks we've moved house. And the last episode, which was recorded in the old Jones Towers, was mislaid in a box briefly and has since been found. And this is the first episode to be recorded in the new address, but actually wasn't recorded very nearly because I couldn't find the recorder, which was in a box somewhere with the cat. So, sorry. Hello, how are you? I'm Gareth. Can you hear the sound of a new address? It's, quite, it's got a little extra echo on this, haven't we? Yeah. A different acoustic. Yeah, yeah. and without a creaky floor, actually, if we jump up now. Oh, I miss yeah. the creaky floor. Yeah. Viewers listening in stereo will also miss the creaky floor. But while we were moving house, quite a lot happened in Formula One, including the small issue of McLaren and the World Motorsports Council. And McLaren were handed a three-race suspended penalty. We heard that right, didn't we? Yes. So the gist being they're fine, they can carry on racing. Well, they've actually said it's not just if they make some other transgression during the rest of the season. It's also if new evidence comes to light about the incident that they've... Is that what they've said? I think so. I think I read that right. And if that happens, they will be banned for three races. That's a bit of a sword hanging over them. That that sounds like there's there's quite an implied threat. What are they doing? Are they still investigating it or or what? I don't understand that. I, I don't know whether it's just some kind of generic cut and paste legal statement they've put out there mm. but can I just also say that the one thing that I'm glad that this is hopefully now all, all laid to rest principally because I'm sick of certain branches of the media referring to it as Ligate oh it's a rubbish yeah, name because yeah. I yeah. hate the, the tagging of yeah. the suffix gate to any scandal yeah. as if Watergate which is where this all comes from yeah. was something involving liquid it wasn't. Watergate was the name of the hotel where that That's whole right. thing started. Yeah. And now everything is something gate. Why has this happened? Well, also, it's kind of as lazy as describing any little sort of deception or exaggeration as sexing something up. You know? Yes. <laughs> but it's also, Watergate comes from US politics, like the Kennedy assassination, the and Texas a, a, book very interesting bit of or the grassy knoll. <laughs> it's like, like uh, adding the word knoll to the end of any assassination. Oh, Anwar Sadat was assassinated in Egypt knoll. It doesn't make <laughs> sense <laughs> so this gate business I wish it would stop and I'm certainly glad that it's this lie gate is over now although I believe there's going to be uh, an expose soon about one of Britain's most popular TV presenters of the 1980s and an issue regarding the way in which he restricts access to his land it's going to be called Nolgate <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that a former member of the goodies was uh, implicated in some sc- some scandal that the medically qualified one and it would be called Garden Gate <laughs> bringing it back to the actual Ligate for want of a better word that's um, the last time you're allowed yeah, to say yeah. that uh, I, I don't want to call it that, that otherwise don't. a scandal will erupt which will be called Gareth, Gareth Gate <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he the stammering one off yeah, yes <laughs> it would have to be called g- 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 Gareth Gate, yeah. So uh, the trouble is that Max was actually quite nice about McLaren on a statement I heard today. Mm-hmm. Did you hear this? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. He said, well, I thought they'd been very honest about it and dealt with it in a very 
clear way and you know the, their culture's clearly changed Ron's gone that's what he was saying yeah. dancing exactly. his happy yeah. dance <laughs> well yeah 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 you, you can't help but feel that the fact that Dennis has gone has satisfied the, the FIA the powers that be and that's why they in the end didn't get such a happy punishment and I think you have to say that that punishment suspended ban yeah, that's fair that seems to be reasonable and there does seem to have been a tendency for the FIA to be a little bit over strict in its application of rules to McLaren, I think you might say. A, li- a little bit over enthusiastic. They have already they, been punished for that. Remember that they lost all the points from Melbourne for that incident. So they have already been punished for it. So it would have been really rubbing their noses in it for the FIA or the World Motorsport Council to apply any further sanctions to McLaren. Really. They've yeah, done well, their best. That's what thing, what have they done wrong exactly that the FIA, and I don't think this is uh, hmm. out of turn to say it, that the FIA don't like them. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, if know, anything, I, Bernie should love I them. I think because it goes you know, back a long way, whatever it is. He has that uh, obsession with things like all the trucks in the paddock must be parked absolutely perfectly in line, absolutely parallel, all the noses in line, that kind of thing. He's absolutely anal about making Formula One look presentable and ordered on television coverage. So when the chopper shot goes across the paddock, you'll see this sort of like a, a, a perfect set of colouring pencils in a box. And curiously... So, it now, was, Ron loves that kind of... Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was Ron who really supported that culture that Bernie loves mm. more than absolutely anyone. You know, there are no oily rags in Ron's garages and that mm. he was the first F1 boss to literally get rid of the oily rag yeah. there are no oily rags do you know an amazing fact about the McLaren what's it called Paragon their headquarters yeah, in yeah. Surrey <clears throat> that they have electric soap dispensers in the loos you know the ones I've, I've, I've seen them I've only ever seen them in America he probably had to have them imported yeah, yeah. but not only this you put your hand underneath it a little motor goes and dispenses a bit of soap into your hands now for Ron that wasn't good enough because he realised that as people withdraw their hand from under the soap dispenser a little bit extra soap dribbles out onto the sink. So he had the whole electric soap dispenser unit in every loo in McLaren re-engineered so the motor goes, dispenses the soap, and then goes into reverse and sucks up residual soap from the nozzle to nice. stop it dripping. That's wonderful. It's well, I mean, although, insane, but brilliant. Although I do believe that there is going to be an inquiry because that's not actually allowed under the new Formula <laughs> One regulations for 2009. Meanwhile, at a school a long, long time ago, in a time frame that doesn't quite make sense if you think about it too hard. Hello, my name's Ron. I'm the new boy. Well, Ron, I'm Max, and I'm the head boy here at St Silverstones, so you'll barely well have to do as I say so. Don't worry, I only like cleanliness and order, so you'll have no trouble with me. Oh, let me use my extremely clean handkerchief to wipe that annoying small stain off the floor. Stain? That stain is my own personal fag, Bernie. Look here, Dennis. Bernie and I are going to make life very, very difficult for you for a very, very long time. Oh. Uh... Jones at speed! Featuring Sniff Petrol! We're looking at a new F1... Well, we're looking at a new McLaren, aren't we? We're certainly looking at a new F1, but a new McLaren without Ron Dennis, with Martin Whitmarsh running the motorsport side Sorry, of can things. you hear oh. that little tinkling? That's not the bell that usually heralds the arrival of TV's Violet Berlin. It's Leon the Cat. 
on the cat. I put, I put a new bell on him when, I was when we moved He doesn't usually jangle, but it's a new bell. Anyway, so, yeah. we digress. I was going to tell you something though about. Uh, I was going to say. I was going to. Yeah. Obviously, for them as what don't know has officially stepped back from the Formula One team. No longer runs it at all. It's because he's gone back to Woking and McLaren's soap drip free headquarters to, <laughs> to set up this new road car operation. Now, something a bit weird happened a couple of weeks ago where, at very, very short notice, a bunch of journalists were invited down to Woking to go and hear this briefing from Ron as he announced that he was leaving the Formula One team to Martin Whitmarsh and a briefing on the road car. I couldn't go. I was meant to be going and I didn't have time to go down there because it was so short notice. It was weird. And the PR guy who's doing all this uh, is uh, ex-BMW and I've, I've known him uh, sort of professionally for a while. Right. And, and, and so I spoke to him and I had to say, look, I'm really sorry I can't make it, but, you know, <laughs> bit of notice. And he's come from BMW, who are generally pretty slick PR-wise, and, and this guy's no mug, and you'd think that he'd have given it a bit of a run-up. But this came personally from Ron. Ron decided he wanted to coincide the announcement of, of his commitment to, to only doing road cars with a press conference to say that and also to show people the new car. And It sounds like a bit of sort of, you know, expedience, a bit of, a bit of making the best of hmm. uh, well, quite possibly, a, an yeah. opportunity that was kind of forced on them. I mean, yeah, I, would, I, would, I would guess that, you know, uh, you know presumably Ron had decided that he was going to step back from the F1 team as a result of... Uh, what happened in Melbourne? Um, Although they are they are vehemently denying this, the official line from McLaren is that, that Ron's decision has got nothing to do with any sanctions or anything to do with the FIA. Well, I just I, want to say that. I sure. mean, I we mean, all I believe mean, it. Just like, you know, that's just how it looks. I mean, you know, albeit yeah. for a couple of years, he's been saying, as I recall, that he was yeah. wanted to step back, yeah. and actually he stayed with the team for longer than he'd intended as a result of some of the troubles they've had in the last couple of years, and mm. he wanted to see the team through that, and good for him for doing that. For whatever reason, he must have decided, kind of at the last minute, that this was a good time to do it. And McLaren do have a wonderful history of doing a very small number of very, very fine road cars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the new, what's it going to be called? The P2, the well, P1? it's codenamed the P11. I think P11. it'll be called something else. I hope it'll be called something else. Yeah. P11's a bit of an uninspired. It, it sounds like a kettle or something. But. <laughs> um, but no, here's the weird thing. So they invited all these journalists down at very, very short notice, and then they um, had the car on stage they? when Ron got on the car. Now, this is weird. They didn't allow anyone to have any cameras in. You couldn't even take your phone in, apparently. Of course. Uh, I presume also they, they, you know, that anyone who was quite good at sketching was banned. And a friend of mine who, who's a That explains why Tony Hart wasn't Tony allowed Hart in. Was, yeah. And also because, of course, bless him, he's dead. Rolf Oh, yeah, that also stopped him. Yeah, Rolf Harris was stopped at the door. (laughs) And that bloke who does all the courtroom stuff on the news as well. (laughs) You, man, courtroom, get out. And um, so they they had the car, but but this this mate of mine said afterwards to one of the McLaren people, you know, why didn't you have just the disguised prototype? Disguised prototypes have been photographed testing in uh, northern Sweden, and in the UK. Hmm. So those spy pics are out there. Why not have the grubby, matte black, taped up, glass fibre clad prototype on the stage? You know, then you've got a physical thing there if you want it. And everyone knows you're working on it. You're not mucking around because it's been up at the Arctic Circle winter testing. Mm-hmm. But apparently it personally came from Ron as well. that This idea had been vaguely suggested and he didn't because it looks messy and ugly and he wanted perfection up on stage. And even just having the car with a sheet over it wasn't enough. He wanted to say... 
here it is. We're well, not wasting yeah. your time here. If you're going to show but people, no one's car. allowed to really say what it looks like. Oh, and I wish I'd been fun. there because I would have been able to tell you what it looks like, but I can't. So I gather it's all right, but I can't. Not dramatic. Well, right. yeah, I, I, everyone, everyone I've asked about it has gone. Yeah, it's all right, which is worry actually because a supercar should really make you go. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen? Right. Speaking of which, uh, do a search if, if if you are near Google or other search engines are available there, but they're rubbish. Uh, <laughs> go and have a look uh, for uh, spy pictures of the Ferrari. Ferrari 430 replacement because unfortunately Ferrari were rolling uh, a finished example of it but without bumpers on into a truck and somebody with a long lens got pics of it and you can certainly get an impression of what the middle section of it looks and it, it looks sensational really it's got this kind of thing imagine a Pagani Zonda you know the window line sort of swoops yep. up to the back and then sort of swoops round and the back window sort it's of tucks into it. Yeah, yeah it's quite, yeah. quite a, a, a funny arrangement. Like a bit, it almost looks like a fighter plane, and obviously yeah. that's deliberate. Mm. Uh, it seems like the 430 replacement will have exactly that sort of affair. And it, it really does. Because what's interesting is that I suppose Ferrari, like Porsche, could continue to make cars that just look the way they've always looked. You know, Ferrari could have endlessly rehashed the Dino, I suppose, as the absolute quintessential mid-engine Ferrari. Hold on, hold on. Forever. Hang on. Dino, let's just, just have a moment just to think about the Dino. Sorry, I feel better now. I love the two... I do. I love that car. But no, what they've done is every generation, they, they've sort of updated it. So a 308 yeah, doesn't true. look like... Well, a 348 was a kind of evolution, but then yeah. 360 did. The proportions had changed. Got closer, in fact, to a McLaren F1, if you look at it. Yeah. So longer yeah, front overhang, shorter rear overhang. Yeah. But arguably, they got less pretty, but at least they'd moved the proportion and, and the whole sort of stance of the car on a little bit. It seems like the new one, which is rumoured to be called 450, will do that again. I only mention this because, of course, this is what the McLaren's up against, I suspect. I was, well, I was about to say... going to cost, rumoured... The same... Uh, yeah, around that, you know, Gallardo yeah. 430, 450 they have money, to. which is interesting. It's not a rarefied million-dollar Bugatti Veyron-style or mm-hmm. McLaren F1 mm. style ultra supercar. It's actually... Affordable. <laughs> it sounds, yeah. I was trying to find a word that wasn't affordable or yeah. everyday because they both sound like you're just being stupid. It's still a supercar, but... Yeah. Do, do you know something else I read interestingly today? I'm sorry, I'm going on a bit now, but hey, I'm, just, I'm just spewing facts that I've been... Oh, uh, hang on, before, yeah, is, it, is it also about the new McLaren? Because I want to talk about the new McLaren. Before it's a very, very up. short thing about Ferraris and my, what I'm justifying my use of the word every Go day, on. which is that apparently a 599 Ferrari, relatively new design, but needs something like 50 hours maintenance in the first three years of its life. The new Ferrari California, which is built on a modular system, so it's built in big chunks, like massive Lego, but nicer and more Ferrari Italiano nice. And even more fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and then you can take it apart in that way as well. So it's, it's more modular construction. I guess they can just drop the engine more quickly and things like that. And, and uh, I think they, they were saying something like the California only needs sort of like nine or 12 hours of attention in, in the first three years of its life, wow. which is a recognition like of the it. fact that it's meant to be a more usable Ferrari, but that in general, Ferraris are being used more often by the people who buy them. Hang well, on a minute. Well, there I... has been this thing you know, for a little while now that it, it's often said that if you want a more usable, everyday Italian car, you have a Maserati, not a yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, that's true. I dispute that. What are the nine, ten hours? Do you know, I'm just saying things. I don't know. I can look it up. It keep, the, keep speaking. I keep talking. I have a look. I, well, hang on. How, you, you're good on maths between us. You're the, the, the mental maths. Mathematician, yeah, right? Fuel capacity of Ferrari is about seventeen gallons. What's that in liters? That's about four point five liters times seventeen. Yeah, ninety liters. Yeah, a bit less than that. Uh, yeah. Call it call it eighty three. Eighty three. Okay. Now, fueling up that car is going to take 
You see where I'm going with this? Probably six minutes, something like that. It always seems to take me six minutes to fuel up my car, right? Now, Ferraris use a lot of fuel. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're in the 20, 19, 17 mile per gallon zone. So I don't believe this 10 hours attention in their first year. You'd spend at least 20 hours in the first year simply just pumping the up. fuel in. Yeah. I've got this. Well, this it, it, it reminds me of that old cartoon. I think, I think it was a punch cartoon from the 1920s where there's a, uh, where somebody has pulled a huge American car into a tiny British garage and uh, the attendant, as they would have been then, you know, he's filling it up and he uh, leans over and says to the driver, would you mind turning the engine off, mate? I can't keep up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, is that the bank? Yes, it's Tony Tixira again. Please, can I borrow some more money for my A1 GP race series? What? Well, sod you too. Damn. Well, guys, that's it then. The coffers are dry. A1 has no more money and we'll just have to cancel the final race of the season due to take place in Mexico. Oh, God, really? Oh. I know, I know. It's deeply embarrassing for us. If only we could find some other excuse that would cover our humiliation. Wait a second. Peter... Pass me that phone again. Gentlemen, I've called this emergency meeting of the World Health Organization because I have just received a very disturbing phone call. It was from a Mexican man with a strangely unconvincing South African accent that I'm going to disregard for the time being. He says he's just got something called swine flu. Gareth Jones and Speed! Cynical Oz! Nothing gets me more excited about Formula One than the prospect of new Formula One teams. I really mean this. Most of the time in the early part of this season, when we didn't know the future of what was now Braun GP, we were yeah. speculating about well, Pro Drive were going to have it or uh, who else was going to have it. I forget now. Virgin, we thought. And yeah. Yeah. This whole idea, these new identities for Formula One teams was really exciting. But news this week of the new budget caps that are going to be introduced to Formula One make it likely that a whole bunch of new teams will try and get into Formula One really makes the prospect of the next couple of seasons really exciting. The rumours are that, number one, ProDrive will come into Formula One as possibly even Aston Martin, which is something we've thought about before. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I like that. Golf colours in an F1 car. Hang on, just imagine that for a minute. Golf colours on an F1 car. <laughs> yeah, they're going to mess it up. There'll be too many sponsors all over the place. It'll, it'll get messed up. Yeah. It, won't, it won't look good on an F1 car. In a way, I like the idea, but it, I, I, I can't see it working somehow. I can't. I don't. I don't want to see Aston Martin in F1 particularly because I just think take oh, that yeah, Ferrari. You think it's a sport? Take that Ferrari. Come on, these the, the footballers are buying there's it. No take, there's no really. There's not really take that Ferrari because I am very dubious about the benefit of, of a car company being in Formula One, and you know we. We're all happy that they are, but yeah. it's not take that Ferrari because you think, well, Ferrari have been doing it for years and it's sort of important to them and it's almost part of their whole reason to be. Old Enzo only sold road cars to fund his racing, didn't he? So yeah, it's sure. sort of integral yeah. to them and now it's integral to their marketing effort and they can bash on about F1's inspired technology in their gearboxes and all the rest of it in their road cars, even though that may not be, you know. But also, Aston have a very good 
recent track record in sports car racing. Exactly. Why and and they are yeah. they're absolutely taking it to Ferrari that they're competing with and beating Ferrari in that arena. Mm. So, yeah, why do that in F1? I mean, I do like the idea of them running an F1 team if they can come in and do it well, mm. which, which I believe ProDrive could do. ProDrive yeah, yeah. slash Aston Martin could do. But I agree that they don't need to do it because if you're doing why it... Why take the risk? Yeah. I yes. think it has, it has more potential to do damage than it does to do well. If they win a bunch of races... Will they sell any more road cars? But if they do incredibly badly and constantly blow up and come near the back, actually it could have quite a damaging effect. It's like they when are getting very good, good value in GT out of racing and uh, yeah, yeah, doing them on and stuff like that. It's like being the world's biggest folk band, but then going to go, okay, we'll do stadium rock. Now. Well, I mean, you could end up just looking rubbish because unfortunately we already have you two and, and everyone else. It's just like why enter that shark tank when you can one be hand over a big ear, fish you know. in, a, in a smaller pond? But just coming no back- less noble and excellent pond that is coming back to what Zog said about spoiling it with lots of other sponsors on the paint scheme of a, a golf-coloured Aston Martin F1 car. Mm. I don't think that would happen because with the new budget cap yes. in, in F1, there's less pressure to have 100 sponsors. You could have just one title sponsor that will pick up 90% of your money. what about if you only allowed yourself to be sponsored by companies that had either orange or light blue logos? Mm. So orange mobile phones and... Some kind of tampon, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think uh, of anything Lillette, else. Perhaps. Lillette, That'll yeah, do well in Formula it. One, clearly. Uh, okay, so Pro Drive. Actually, I think Dave Richards' team, would he would run a great racing team, whatever they were branded, I think they would do well. We've also heard that lovely Lola, which I begged for. I, do you remember when we did the Lola song? Yes. On this show? The last line of that song I did, and I can't remember the episode number, but the last line was... Make F1 your goal. I wanted them back in F1 as a, a team in their own right, not just a constructor. And if that happens, I'd be chuffed to bits. Although, I doubt their ability to compete. I think they can design a great race car. But it's about running a team. It's about running a team and, load a, and not a race team, really, Let's are they? Let's have a well, return to customer chassis. Mm. Do you think that would happen? Uh, it, it is doing already. Is it? fashion, I think it is. Yeah. Well, I suppose well, it is. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. yes, 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 I suppose but, it is, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, but it, it, it's a long time since Lola were in F1 as a team. So, mm. you know, if they were bad at running a team in the past, you know, there's surely no continuity. No, there's there isn't. Present. No, so yeah. I, so I, don't, I don't think the past is actually yeah. going to tell you much about how... Hey, but this be. could be something where it's like, you know, old car companies being brought back and, you know, it's sort of... Connaught. Connaught. Uh, and there's no continuity there. Yeah. There's all these rumours mm. that one day BMW, which uh, still owns the name Triumph, might bring yeah. Triumph back or Great. something like that. You know, but again, there's no Austin continuity. Yeah. 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 But things like that. But let's have retro F1 names with no continuity. Nice. Uh, Van Wall. Van Wall. And then... I don't know, Cooper anyone, Climax. Exactly. Whoa. Just, yeah, Terrell. Z- uh, um, uh, Zytec? Not Zytec. Um, uh, Simtech. Simtech. Leighton House. We just do that thing we did the other, the, 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 a few shows back. We just keep naming rubbish Formula 1 teams. Right? Footwork! Jackie <laughs> Louie! It's the phrase that pays. And on that bombshell, that's another show we do. Yeah, no, you can't do that one. Here. Isport as well are, ah. are possible. Um, yeah. yeah, this is really interesting. Isport run a brilliant GP2 team mm. on an 
absolute um, what do you call a small budget what's the word shoestring shoestring thank you I, Eddie shoestring yeah, thank you yeah. and <laughs> Gratuitous Trevor Eve reference there. I had to bite my tongue to stop just naming TV detectives. Yeah, it's like Word Association or something. Serpico. Chinese detective. So, um, iSport would do well. But the most interesting one of the lot, I think, is ART Delara. Have you heard about this? ART, who ran championship-winning GP2 teams for a couple of years. They're talking about having Delara design engineer build a car for them, so pretty much a customer chassis. Uh But they would own the intellectual property that is this car mm. and so ART who can really run a race team Delara who can really build a race car mm. that's a competitive team I'd love to see them in F1 I'd be top quite apart from the fact that this budget cap is making it easier for all of these new teams to, to potentially come into the sport which you know I think we agree is probably a good thing apart from that is the budget cap a good thing is this projected limit on what teams can spend albeit they can spend more and then work within different technical limits is it in principle a good thing it's yeah. hard to answer that question because the way that it's potentially structured is that it frees up the imagination of the teams who are spending less they have unlimited testing the idea of a, a, an almost formula libra whereby these reduced budget cap teams are providing cars with extraordinary inventiveness would be wonderful i mean i'd like to see that again because that's what made f1 so exciting back in the, the 70s with the you know, six-wheel tyrrell b34 is the best ever example of that mm, so what you're saying is that, that slacken off the rules Within reason. Yeah. I mean, I think no traction control would be a good thing and all the sort of, you know, maybe active suspension. Which, because the thing, all of the sort of exciting innovations actually came because they'd never happened before. That's now right, this technology yeah. exists, it's mm. almost, they, they have to legislate against it. And there's a part of you that thinks, well, this is just, you know, you're almost stopping evolution. But at the same time, it is a sport. and it's Well, they also, you do have to, to have that. You, but you, you will inevitably have that constant battle between the innovators in the teams who are inventing stuff to make the cars go quicker and then the rule makers who are tightening up things to make the cars go slower again yeah. to keep it within yeah. safe limits so we're always going to have that and so we are always going to see some innovations coming along which are going to be banned yeah. or you know and mm. okay you know and, and if you have half a season or a season of advantage then it's worth doing for the team like um, having a double deck diffuser at the moment I mean we're practically there aren't we yeah Th- that I think is a very good example of something that you can't claim benefits road car technology you know, yes. you know I mean generally having a better understanding of aerodynamics and, and being able to add downforce to things probably does but the details of whether you have a double deck diffuser and whether that's a hole or that isn't a hole doesn't mean a thing for road cars whereas potentially some engine technology does to go outside f1 i mean the development of some of the diesel engines in le mans racing yeah. has been good for road cars oh aye. yeah it's still got a feedback in it has to be relevant i think any technology based sport has to be able to justify itself in this sort of 21st century where everything's got to be well you can't be frivolous anymore you, you know you, you have to be able to put something back into the real world I mean yeah frivolity is a good thing I, I, oh, do, I do love hey, a bit of frivolity but this is the king of that yeah, I hope. But, but you know I would like to see how it would pan out if you have teams who are budget limited but have more technology available to them yeah. are competing against teams who are spending more money but have more restricted technology. I think that would be an interesting battle to see play out. Hmm. Did anyone see that episode of 
South Park recently where Stan's dad goes to the Large Hadron Collider and steals a superconducting magnet and fits it in one of those little wooden cars that roll down a track and creating warp speed. Just like the future of F1, in my opinion, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Two thoughts before we go. Two teams mooted to come into Formula One. One which you'll know about, which I don't think is going to happen. I really don't think they'll make it. They were going to be called USF1. Ah, yes, yes. They're going Peter Windsor's lot. Yeah, USGPE, they're going to be called. What's the E stand for? Engineering. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> US Grand Prix Engineering. It's not like S Club 7, where when people used to say, what does the S stand for? They'd go, the S stands for whatever you wanted to stand for. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Yeah. More, cr- more uh, cruel observers oh, would say, well, let it stand for sod off then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that because I think Don't Stop Moving is one of the best pop songs ever written. But I agree. And the last car manufacturer on the list here, which I don't know if anyone else has heard this, it's been mooted on some places in the internet. I don't know if it's substantial. <laughs> the internet where everything's slightly wrong. <laughs> Including Remember, they get this show from the internet. Remember that. See what it says here? Read this out loud. See what it says this last team? Could come into Formula One. Uh-huh. Lotus. It's been mooted. And... I can't see. I, well, However, I, I have some Lotus information. Hold Go on. on. Go hold, okay, here's my Lotus information. I had a conversation with someone from Proton a few years yes. ago that they were gearing up for an assault on Le Mans in the next five years. Uh-huh. As Lotus. Uh-huh. But Proton, we're going to be doing more of it. It's sort of a Lotus-Proton hybrid. Yes. I was going to say, I, I, I could see Lotus doing things if somebody else was supplying the money and Lotus yes. were sort of fronting it and providing I, the expertise. Yeah, I don't think Proton... Mm, uh, first of all, Proton had some sports car ambitions. They wanted to get into that. Let's not forget the Lotus Europa. Did I tell you, I met the man who's bought the Europa the other day. Because they clearly only sold They've one. They've sold one. <laughs> They've yeah. sold one. Yeah. I met the bloke who bought it. Oh, well nice done. Guy Did, does well. he enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, he's enjoying it. Hello, mate, if you're listening. Um, and, uh, uh, but the Europa uh, was uh, meant to be a Proton. And if you... Uh, oh, in, no. The design was first leaked to the world because they registered the design, as a lot of car companies do now. They'll, they'll take some very, very sort of functional white room shots of the clay model or whatever to just register the design with the patents office. And often they have mm. to do that before it's announced. And the more... Uh, Wiley journalist will will do a little look on the patents office, and the more wily uh, Chinese uh, car companies will take a look at it and go, yeah, "Hey, so we'll go, copy that. Get the photocopier." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and the, but the original uh, patent or design office registered pictures all had hole on the nose where the Proton badge would have gone, not the Lotus badge. And then Proton got cold feet of their sports car ambitions and said, well, to Lotus, you might as well have that. And they went, oh, I suppose then. And then they put it on sale and one man bought it. Hmm. But I don't think that (laughs) Proton are pursuing that particular avenue. And secondly, they're basically in a bit of trouble at the moment because the highly protectionist Malaysian home market for them, which has kept them going ever since they were first invented by the Malaysian government in the 80s, is being relaxed increasingly and more car makers are locally assembling cars there to get round high import taxes Proton are a bit up against the wall I yeah. don't think this will be the time for them to spend they know we're talking about buying it I believe yeah there have been a few people who have been talking about buying it I say I say I say I took my wife to a bondage party in a Proton branded sports car designed by Lotus 
Europa. Yes, of course I did. It was a bondage party. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. I've my Lotus News. Oh, I thought that was it. No, no, my Lotus News, my proper Lotus News, which, depending on when the show goes up, might be a bit of an exclusive, albeit a completely lame one. The Lotus Evora. Evora, Evora indeed, indeed, Gareth. The one that will do the job that the Europa never did, the more civilised Lotus, and it's not based on the Elise. It's the first new Lotus in 100 million years. Which you've been advocating for ages. And it's an all-new car. It's uh, two plus two. Huge chassis. It's more expensive than you'd think. It's like 47 grand for the two-seater and 49 grand for the two plus two. two. And then you've got to put some options on it. And uh, so it's not cheap. But I know someone, the first person in the world outside of Lotus to drive it. And he say, it's good. I, think I don't know why we're surprised because Lotus exactly. tend to make good yeah. cars but no, there was a worry that this you know they're always well. getting to 2 plus 2 uh, it looks better in the flesh I've seen it at the Geneva show it looks a lot better in the flesh than it does in the pictures and, and apparently it drives is, um, absolutely brilliantly and so uh, happy times I'm really we've, chuffed about that we've been promised on have we? Yeah. when you say we do you mean you? we mean Gareth Jones on speed really? well let's get the 2 plus 2 we can all cram in yeah <laughs> bring Violet as well and maybe Leon the cat <laughs> You've, with his distinctive bell sound. You've been listening to the Leon the Cat show with his distinctive <laughs> bell sound featuring Zog. Goodbye. Richard Porter. Goodbye. And me, Gareth Jones. See you in 12 days for another one. Ta-da. Get more info on this show at garethjones.tv. Write to the show on speed at garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on speed is made by Whizbang. Bang. <laughs>